Welcome to Geek Therapy, where we celebrate geek culture and mental health. My name is Josue Cardona with Lara Taylor, and this is our third episode of Catching Up, because we have some catching up to do. It's a lot of catching up. It's a lot of catching up. So we did Thor Ragnarok, we did an episode on Justice League, and now this is kind of just a a more general uh, catching up, because there's a lot of stuff that I wish we would have talked about over the last few weeks that I didn't didn't get to. Few weeks? It's been months. Uh, it's been a couple months. Yeah. <laughs> yep. A lot, a lot has happened other than those two, um, big movies. So I figure we'll, we'll, I'll bring up a few different things. Um, see if you have any, uh, that you can, uh, remember. It's been a long two months and it's then maybe at the things end. things have happened. You can't remember all the things, but I'm hard. sure you've had nothing but time to make lists of things you want to talk about. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> and uh, maybe at the end, we'll talk about uh, Pixar's Coco, which I definitely want to talk about, mm-hmm. um, at least even just for, for a little bit, because it's very relevant to to a few of the things we've talked about in the past. So I'll, I'll, I'll throw it to you. Is there anything over the past, past few months that uh, you remember thinking like, oh, I need to tell us about it or I need to to do something with this or I'm going to make a library entry and you thought it, but you didn't actually make a library entry because I made a library entry while you were gone. I know. Do you remember what it was? It was the second episode of season three of Supergirl. Yes. Um, I do not remember the name of the episode. Triggered. Uh, Oh yeah, that's right. (laughs) And it's been a while. So I'm trying to remember all the reasons I decided to do that entry, but the big overarching theme of the episode was fear um and the the villain in that episode her power was to make everyone like real or live their worst nightmare basically yeah. in front yeah. of them um yep. and it even affected supergirl yeah yeah so she would like it would it would paralyze people mm-hmm. and um i i it was that movie was i mean that episode was amazing and the the like the triggered uh idea right it's that when supergirl uh is first affected by it she doesn't like it's the first time i remember her saying in the show like oh well you know i'm not human i wouldn't be affected Mm -hmm. by by fear or trauma like like you guys would and it's like no no supergirl you're you're definitely definitely affected just and that's a that's a theme that's happened there's another episode where she said something about like uh, where she's upset and she says, like, shame on me for having a human heart. And yeah. I'm thinking you don't have love on Krypton, but then yeah, I've, yeah. Th- it must be different there. Um, well, it's a theme. It is coming up more and more. She, I just saw the, the big Earth X crossover and she doesn't. See, I haven't, wa- I, yeah, I haven't watched that one yet, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, her, but it's, it's, her having this feeling that she is different because she is she was at, in Krypton for twelve years, and so it's like she's not like Superman, where she's grown up on Earth the whole time. Well, actually, um, now that I, you know, it's funny. I'm I'm so glad we get to do this because <laughs> that episode um really helped me realize something that was mm. happening to me too. So so what happens in the episode is that she she essentially starts having all these different symptoms, um, mm-hmm. including she starts feeling claustrophobic. Yeah. And then we learn from her sister that she used to get claustrophobic when she was younger. Mm-hmm. And the thing is that once she got to relive that greatest fear, what we saw was her in the pod. Watching everyone she knew 
die. And then being completely alone in space in a tiny space. Exactly. So every time she was in a tiny space, it triggered memories of her leaving Krypton, losing her family, and being mm-hmm. alone floating in space for years. And Holy it may not shit. have aff- and it might not have affected and in some ways it, it it's like how it can affect people now. You don't know it it triggered memories, but they might not be memories that you see or actually remember. It's more of a feeling, a sensation of like I've been trapped before or like it's this scary thing in the past that happened and you may not realize, oh, it's this thing about when I was in the tube in Krypton. Oh, I get it. Um so she has this feeling and it it's from this thing in her past. Um, and she's able to make the connection with uh, Alex's help. Um, about yeah. And when she has that, that realization, was. right. That she, and it even goes deeper. Like I love the episode where, again, I don't remember all the details and, and I know it's in the, in the, in the entry, mm-hmm. but there's a part where she realizes like that her fears are connected right mm-hmm. that she was so torn about putting monel in that ship because and doing the same thing to him exactly because that was like the worst thing she ever went through she just made somebody else go through like it wasn't just the fact that she lost him it's what she was putting him through and, and then she, she extrapolated from that that like she killed him yeah yeah like she not only made him suffer but she probably killed him by doing that like the odds of him surviving were so small like there's all these things that connected right it was it felt a lot like like what you would do in a at least in in the type of therapy that i'm trained in it's you're going deeper and deeper Mm -hmm. right into like yeah this is what you're feeling and this is why um but that but you're feeling that because of this and because of this like you keep going down into into understanding how you're how you're feeling and those realizations that she came through of like when you look back and you're like, wow, like I didn't realize how much that affected me. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't remember recently at least like anything that made me feel that way when I was watching it, mm-hmm. having seen someone come through that realization. And I've been coming to that realization recently after, after the hurricane stuff, like mm-hmm. when I was, and this is what happens, right? Like you're in it and you don't realize that once you're out of it and your, your situation has changed and, and you're, you're feeling, feeling mostly safe and yep you look back and you're like whoa i was not okay i was not doing yeah. okay i thought i was doing okay but i wasn't mm-hmm. and now i realize it and and that episode actually helped me like put those those ideas into words right like uh, like it, it's hard to sometimes explain how you feel but that's exactly how i felt like or how i've been feeling lately and i'm still coming to terms with that like i i'm still figuring out how like being two months in that situation affected me. Mm-hmm. And and that episode is like, that's when I can point, point to and say like, yep, that's exactly, that's what that was like. That's what I'm going through right now. And part of what I loved about the episode is that she didn't, she couldn't come to the realization or pull, I mean, she pulled herself out of it with Alex's help. Um, yeah. When she was shut down, she needed Alex to sit down and tell her like, you're safe, you can do this, you can, um, like, you can get past this. And I think... Even if you came to the realization about it on your own, you had the episode to kind of pull you and get you thinking about it because you're in it in your head and you don't necessarily, um, not everyone can just come up with that epiphany. They need someone else to like 
tell them like this is what's going on or this could be what's going on you know yeah um, and it, it 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 wasn't it wasn't like it, in, in my case it wasn't just me alone it was me talking to other people about my experience mm-hmm. yeah. when i started putting it into perspective i was like oh oh mm-hmm. oh wow what i just said out loud i didn't realize that yep, yep yeah and came- and car thinks she's so like she's kryptonian she should be able to handle all these things on her own and i mean in the first couple seasons, she didn't really, f- I don't really feel like she expressed that too much um, because she had this close knit friendship uh, group of friends and co workers, and she had Monel. And now that Monel is gone, she feels like she has to push everyone away, and she's Kryptonian and she's not human and she doesn't feel these things. Um, and so it's kind of showing how when she does that, kind of her situation isn't isn't the most stable and the greatest for her. And that once yeah. Alex is able to kind of knock her out of that, like, yeah. And, and I technically, her. I haven't seen the episode after that. I kind of jumped ahead and saw <laughs> um, the crossover uh, episodes. So man, I got tons of stuff spoiled for me, but I don't mm-hmm, know how she's did. dealing with it afterwards. And I'm really curious um, what's going on. Are you caught There's, up? Are you... I am. I'm caught up except for the, the crossover. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Which is right. the most recent episode, so. Yeah. yeah I'm yeah, almost yeah. caught up. Yep, yep, yep. Whew. Yeah, no, that was amazing. I mean, we should we should probably go into detail um in the library on it. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, that's still the plan. The plan is that we're still so so I I I keep talking about how this show is going to change, right? And it is in January we'll have more people. It'll the format will be a little different, but it'll be kind of like our conversations just with more voices. But mm-hmm. then we can focus on the library stuff over on on that feed. And mm-hmm. I would love to do you know a quick episode on on just that, like rewatch those scenes, really read what yeah. we wrote down, and really get into it. Yeah, it's really good. No, I mean if if it's an episode that I hadn't made an entry in like a year, yeah, almost, exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, I need to sit down and do this right now. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it's important. <laughs> and and the funny thing is, you told me I did an entry, and I thought it was for a different episode. So as soon as we have um, two entries for it, because <laughs> I did it, I made an entry for it. Mm-hmm. I was like immediately afterwards, I was like, "Whoa, I have to write an entry for this." You're like, "That's the one I did." <laughs> Oops, it's that good of an episode. Oh, it's amazing. But it's good when we both do an entry because we get both sides of. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You no. saw stuff that I didn't see, and yep, yeah, yep. Oh man, okay. So, a few other things that have happened <laughs> for the past few weeks. Um, there was an uh, an issue of Spider-Man of, I believe it's The Amazing Spider-Man, because it's Peter Parker. And mm-hmm. uh, I, don't, I don't have all the specifics here, but it's um, J. Jonah Jameson. Mm-hmm. J.J. is uh, somehow convinces. So, I think he, he tells Spider-Man that he has some information for him. Mm-hmm. And he tells him to come by his place. And then Spider-Man comes by and he's like, okay, I'll give you the information, but you, you have to agree to an interview. Spider-Man's like, come on, get out of here. But he does it. So then they, he, finally they agree to do it. So JJ is interviewing Spider-Man and essentially telling him like how he's like the worst. And he wants to know why is he the worst. And there's two um, kind of takeaways from... There's, there's two kind of takeaways from from that. Like one is this amazing moment where they're arguing back and forth, like really strongly. And JJ tells him, you know what? You know nothing about responsibility. He tells Spider-Man this. 
And then the way that the panels are set up, it's like, so, so first of all, he says it. And then you see Spider-Man's face and then his eyes just like bug out. And then he goes into this hysterical laughter, right? <laughs> because Spider-Man is defined by with great power comes, right. comes great responsibility. So he just, he completely loses it. And JJ has no idea what's happening. And then that makes um, Spider-Man get kind of nasty with him. And he tells him, like, how horrible of a person JJ is. And then JJ starts crying. Oh. And essentially talks about how the reason... It's all coming back to me now, actually. I wasn't going to go into details, but it's coming back to me now. Um, He tells him that Spider-Man has to be bad. Because if he's not, JJ has wasted years of his life on an idea that is no longer true. And even though he knows it's not true, he can't admit it to himself or to the world because if not, that means he's wasted essentially what his goal was in, in, in his life. And though it, impl- it kind of, now, now I'm not sure, but I think it implies that JJ at this point, he's like, he has nothing to live for really. And, Peter um, like sees that he he's all alone and he has nobody and he really needs help. So Peter takes his mask off and shows him that, listen, you're not alone. I'm, I'm here for you. I've always been here for you. Like I'm, and he's like, Parker, like you, and he's like, yeah, like, trust me. I know you, I know you in more ways than, than, than one. And, and you're not alone. I'm here for you. And, and like, by him taking his mask off, he he like shows JJ that he can trust him, you know, and that he trusts him back. It was wow. like an amazing, amazing issue. Um, it's so good. I don't remember the the number exactly, but if you just look up the the um, Spider Man JJ interview, uh, you'll see that. And that's like, first of all, that's a huge. Um, change for 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 the comics mm-hmm. <laughs> if jj like first of all jj is not, now has admitted that he's that he's wrong and now he knows that peter parker is spider-man so that's like huge but just yeah. that moment like the reason the reason why peter like peter would never you know over the over like the last five years there's been this theme in the spider-man comics where he says that he's not gonna let anybody die that's like his number one mission. He's sick of people dying around him and he's going to do whatever he has to do to avoid uh, an, an unnecessary death. And I don't know. I feel like in that moment, that's what he feels. He feels like the one thing that I can do right now to help this man to possibly mm-hmm. save his life is to be the most vulnerable that I can be and to show him that 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 I do care. I care enough to to show him, to, to give him my deepest secret, right? The one thing that I would never, that I hate to do, I'm going to do it just to show him that he's not alone and that he, that there is someone in the world who actually cares about him. Mm-hmm. That's deep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I had forgotten about it. I had forgotten about it until now. Oh, And then it all okay. came back to you. It all came back to me. Okay. Um, <laughs> let me, let me, are you going down the list? Uh, I'm going down the list. I, I've gone completely out of order. Okay, so, so, so this is this one is just. So I saw an episode of South Park. It was the second episode of this new season, 
And there was something that really bothered me about Mm -hmm. the episode, which is that throughout the episode, Cartman is threatening to kill himself. Hmm. And everybody ignores him. And he even he even comes up with his own version of Logic song, right? Uh, huh. Of the one eight hundred song. So it isn't like a number, but he's like it's like a hip hop version of like him trying to. Except for this, the episode is hilarious because it's about um, texting. It's about um, texting while driving and mm-hmm. how dangerous that is, right? But then eventually, the point that they get to is that. People aren't dying because of um, people texting while they're driving. People are dying because drivers are reacting to Trump's tweets while they're driving. Right? Like they're reading his tweets while they're driving and then being so angry and distracted that then they're running over people. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious. Except that throughout the whole episode, Cartman wants to have like a suicide awareness week instead of – um driving uh like uh, you know using your phone while you're driving awareness week and so he's constantly saying that he wants to commit suicide and even the pc principal's like yeah like this week it's it's the driving awareness thing maybe maybe another week you can do suicide awareness week and like i I just it bothered me that the whole the whole idea of cartman being even if he's lying like it was never addressed like nobody paid attention to him right at all and he was being very very vocal about it and Usually, I feel that as 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 horrible as um, not the comedy, but like the like the things that happen in South Park are they're so are, messed up. Yeah, they're really messed up. They're really messed up. But usually, I feel like there's they're responsibly taken care of in some way, right? Mm-hmm. Like like this is stupid. Like if you do this, there's going to be a stupid consequence to it. But for this, there was like no resolution. I feel like Cartman was just pretending to be suicidal because at the end he's like, no, I'm good now. Okay. Because he just wanted attention. But mm-hmm. that was never, it was never really addressed. No one paid attention to him. It really bothered me. It was like, I, I think it would be good for, for a conversation regarding how to properly talk about yeah. um, the suicide and how to address someone who even, because like, listen, like we, we, we work with kids. We, we know that some kids say stuff just to get attention just Sometimes. to get us riled up, yeah. yeah. Like, like, oh yeah. Well, what if I kill myself? And exactly. Then it does even even if they say it like that. There's a there's a degree of seriousness you have to and you, you have, have to, to address it and 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 depending listen. on where you are, you have to report it too. <laughs> yeah. Right. And it, regardless of how much you think that that kid is 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 not mm-hmm. serious, and yeah, so I felt that that was kind of irresponsible, really, really irresponsible. And I know I don't know I don't know if anybody will take me seriously because it's South Park, but I think I think, I think a conversation should be had. Mm-hmm. I think. <laughs> oh, um, something that I'm not sure uh, how responsible it treats it, but I'm happy that it did because I haven't seen the whole episode yet. Is a show called Crazy Ex Girlfriend? You ever watch this? I have not watched Crazy Ex Girlfriend, but I've seen some buzz on Twitter. So I, I saw the first season and I saw most of the second season. It became a show that my girlfriend was watching and then I would watch it whenever, like sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. But I did watch the whole first season. And I, it's for me, it's hard to watch because I've always found it weird that the show is called Crazy Ex-Girlfriend mm-hmm. and she handles every situation, uh, let's just say not well, <laughs> right? 
um like like for a while she was like obsessive about her about uh this guy that she really liked like the whole premise of the show is that she randomly sees this guy that she went to camp summer camp with many many years ago she had a crush on him and then she decides to move across the country to just be close to him and so the she does all this stuff to like get close to him um and try to not so much win him back because I think it was just a summer camp thing. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, just stuff that like I would never recommend anybody to do. So so the idea of the crazy ex-girlfriend was always just like, oh, she's a crazy ex-girlfriend, not in the clinical sense. But now mm-hmm. in season three, episode six, it's called Josh is Relevant. Josh now is all of a sudden they get clinical? Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> they always have been, but but this one is completely, now it's like, it's for real because she has a diagnosis mm-hmm. and there's a diagnosis song. Like, oh, the show is a musical, which is one of the reasons <laughs> like, it is fun in that sense, right? So there's music, there's at least two musical numbers in every episode. So there's a, there's a musical number in this episode called a diagnosis song. And it's right after she gets her diagnosis and she's singing about how happy she is that she's got a diagnosis because it makes sense. And like, mm-hmm. as someone who, as an adult, received an, uh, an ADHD diagnosis and like put years of, <laughs> of stuff into perspective. Right. It's like, oh, like I could, I could absolutely see that. And she, you can tell how, how kind of how happy she is because I think I, throughout the show, you realize that she's, she's not happy about the things that she's done. Like when she looks back, she's always like, oh, yeah, like that probably wasn't a good idea. Mm-hmm. I don't think she's proud of a lot of the things that she's done. So I believe she gets a borderline personality disorder. That's uh, what I think. Diagnosis. I read. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so there's a diagnosis song. So yeah. So hashtag mental health awareness. That's good. That's mm-hmm. that's that's fantastic. That, no, it's uh, mental health rep. Oh, you forgot right. our hashtag, hashtag mental health rep. I did. It's been. Have I told you what happened to me last two months? <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah. So hashtag mental health rep. <laughs> I've seen the musical number, but I haven't seen the the entire episode. The whole episode. Yeah. But I definitely wanted to bring it up because had we recorded last week, I would have asked you to, uh, you know, like, check it out. Um, It's on CW and definitely going to keep an eye on that because, again, just like we're talking about recently about uh, I don't know, but I I think I'm curious about. Oh, yeah. Like after after that Supergirl episode, what? what happens after that now that she's come to that realization i want to see what happens to this character now that she has a diagnosis mm-hmm. and like the whole show is about her doing you know quote unquote crazy stuff so mm-hmm. how crazy is she going to be after a diagnosis and and treatment and all this stuff like i don't know i mean i think that's really going to change the show or is it not i don't know it's interesting very interesting or maybe is she just going to be like i have a diagnosis now I can do whatever I want. <laughs> that is true. You know that that happens. Yes, it does. Lots of people. <laughs> oh man, yeah. No, that's an excellent point. Ugh, that would I would hate the show if it if it just started doing that. <laughs> if she, if after every single thing she just started justifying it with like, well, I do have a diagnosis and winks at the camera. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> you already came up with how it would happen too, like with the wink at the camera. And <laughs> I've seen the show. That's something that would absolutely happen on the show. <laughs> okay. Oh. Okay. So something that I have watched and I'm very, very excited about is that The Runaways is finally on TV. I'm sad that I can't watch it because I don't have Hulu. <laughs> You you have to do a free trial of Hulu. I've already used my free trial. 
you have to pay for one month. Of <laughs> okay. That means I have to wait for all the episodes to come out. And do what you got to do, okay? But you've you've read the book, right? You've read yeah. the original graphic the, novel. The, well, the first, uh, the first, the first volume. Collected. Yeah, yeah, and and so I mean, we've talked about that a lot here. I mm-hmm. I love that book, and one of the reasons why I love it is because it shows these teenagers who essentially become superheroes because their dad, their parents are supervillains, mm-hmm. right? It's all oh, like all these metaphors are, are, are playing out there. And this TV show, I believe, again, I don't know how objective I'm being, but I believe. You're it never is, objective. And it, that maybe it's very possible that I'm not objective. <laughs> to me, it is the best, the best Marvel show yet. Hmm. It is so, so good. Okay. Yes. And I'm talking about, I think it's better than, and it, it's four episodes in. And the way that it's handling the material is amazing. And it's also touching on a lot of... So So I always thought that the book was just very relatable. Mm-hmm. This TV show takes it to another level. Because you've got all these kids who are very, very different. And then, I mean, one of them is like her parents die when she's young and she's adopted. So she's she's dealing with that. And all of the kids have in common that one of the group, friends in their group committed suicide a year before. So you're kind of you meet that's them on the different. That's from very the different, books. super different, yeah. super different. But they all like the show starts a year after the like uh, the one year anniversary of the suicide of someone in their circle of friends. So it's like you see a picture of all of them plus this other girl, and that girl is a sister of one of one of the the friends of the group of Nico's. It's Nico's sister. Hmm. Like they're how they're dealing with that, and then they do have like by the end of the first episode, you do have that moment where they witness the pride doing the sacrifice and all that. But there's all of these other things going on, and and you see Molly um, like coming to terms with her power, and but also being so young that nobody listens to her. Of course, because she's just a kid. Chase has Chase's father is super abusive, and he like he's so scared. He's like this jock character. Mm-hmm. And he is so scared of his father. And the way that he plays that character is just, it's just, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff going on in the show. The one, the, the only two things that I, I kind of have a problem with is that before the suicide of, and I'm curious what you think. So before the suicide of, of the girl, like in the picture, some of the kids look different. And then afterwards, like one girl has purple hair and Nico has gone full goth and I don't like the portrayal of, oh, all kids who are goth are just like not coping well with the, with some sort of emotional issue and kids who dye their hair, it's because of that. Like, yeah, after a traumatic experience, many people take on a, a change. Sometimes mm-hmm. that's a physical change. That is true. But I don't like the idea that, yeah, two of these kids are just completely like they, they, they look completely different. And like, I don't like the idea that that's. Do they like clearly imply that it's because of the suicide or because I mean, they don't. We they, just see it's them a before year and after. later. They could be different, you know? Yeah. Well, I yeah, mean, they're they don't getting impl- older. They want to look different. And yeah. that's just who they are. That is possible. But neither neither of those things are, are, yeah. are clearly stated. Right. It's just you see them before and now you see them afterwards. And afterwards, yeah. they're also like none of them are friends anymore either. Right. They all used to be a very close-knit group, and now they're all separated. 
Which that and they're could kind also of all dealing with that happen. Yeah. 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 No, that, that part makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, and the whole like the whole beginning of the show is um, is one of the characters trying to get everybody back together and nobody really yeah. wants to. But I think oh, four episodes in. Amazing. Amazing. Mm. And it, it is it is the core idea is still there from the from the graphic novel. Right. And but the what they're going through. All the stuff. There's extra stuff there. There's a lot of good stuff. It's really good. There's it's stuff. So good. And it's yeah. good. Yeah. Oh, it's really good. Now I have seen that. Now the the last two things I have on my list aren't are things that I have not seen yet, but I believe are probably relevant. Um one of them is The Punisher, which I I You I know believe... it's gonna be forever before I watch that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I'm I'm gonna start watching it soon, but I definitely want us to talk about it at some point um on the show because the his thing is right, like the the Frank Castle is the way he is because of the events of his past. And mm-hmm. I believe we get to see a lot of flashbacks to his time as a Marine. Mm. And I don't know, I believe, right? I don't know if they clearly state that he's got PTSD from the war, but we know from like we know that that's where he got his training from. We know that the murder of his family um, affected him and made him the way he is. But I believe that in the series they go into how the military affected him as well, or his or his experience in the military affected him as well. So I think that that's probably full of stuff for us to discuss in the future. So just want to put that out there. If anybody's watched it and has an opinion, I would I would like to know because I I haven't watched it yet. My dad watched it and he's like, "Oh yeah, it's really good," but that's that's not what I'm looking for. <laughs> you're, you're looking for like detail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then the last thing, which I haven't watched either, but I hear is pretty good, and I'm guessing um, would be very relevant to our interest is The Gifted. I have is... watched all but you the have. last episode. Yeah. Oh, so tell me about The Gifted. Am I am I wrong? Should oh, I... it's. When I first heard about it, like I went to San Diego Comic Con uh, this summer, and they had like the gifted everywhere. Uh, one of the hotels had a wrap around it, and it looked like an ad for "Go get your kid tested for the X gene." And the whole premise of the show is one of those ones that you're like, I don't know, but I know you and I both like like the everyday kind of person uh, in the superhero world. Uh, kind of situation so it's one of those ones where it could go either way but it's so good um family both kids end up being mutants and their dad is a prosecutor who prosecutes mutants who have broken the law use their powers and to hurt others and things like that and now he's starting to see how mutants are getting blamed for things they didn't do he's seeing like this whole underside and so they get involved which is which is the thing about the x-men right we've always had this like there's there's um there are minorities right yeah and they're being discriminated against and there's all this prejudice so i imagine that the the show would be full of it well and then yes and this show is even worse the x-men are gone uh they don't they acknowledge that yes they don't say where they there's no like they haven't given a whole lot of history and there's this event kind of like r9-11 where everything kind of changed about how mutants were treated. So it was more solidified that there's this prejudice against mutants. Um, is it? Is there anything, like in Logan, It like all the X-Men are dead, right? They haven't is said, kind of like they that? just say no? the X-Men are gone. They okay. don't say how, what happened, anything. Um, and now there's a mutant underground. 
So it it's almost like the Underground Railroad. They're they're trying to get mutants, keep them safe, and get them across the border to Mexico, where mm-hmm. there's less uh, prejudice against them. Oh yeah. yeah, no, okay, yeah. There's tons of stuff. It's there. so right. it's so good. Um, and there's all these themes, and I've always said that um, any minority can can relate to relate. Uh, the X Men, but there's a particular like soft spot in me, like reading into it from an LGBT kind of perspective. And there's so many lines in there that are kind of like the one in the X Men movie, where it's like, have you not tried not being a mutant? Yeah. Um, <laughs> because you have these parents uh, who don't really yeah. get what their kids are going through, and in most minority groups, the parents are in the same situation as the kid or a similar situation. So in this, like the parents are completely clueless about what their kid's going through and they're trying to understand. And that to me reads very queer and very like parents aren't gay, kids are gay or trans even and trying to get a grip on like what their kids are going through and, and stumbling along the way. Um, which is, it's so cool, but there's relatability for like any minority group in this show. And it sounds like in the X-Men movies, we were, we saw discrimination broadly, Mm -hmm. but we didn't get to see, like, it seems like in this, in this show, we're, we're seeing persecution. Yes. Which is like, yeah, another level. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You, you see mobs of, of everyday people and you see like police or the equivalent of police. Sentinel Services is their special police to take care Ooh. of mutants. Okay. Um, so it's very, you see them chased down, and it's very uh, relevant to today's society. Okay. And okay. things that people are worried about happening in our world today. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm looking forward to watching it. Um, Did you see, what was the other X-Men series? The one with um, with Professor X's son. Legion? No, I didn't Legion, watch Legion. Yeah. So I think yeah. Legion, like I believe it starts in a mental institution or like a mental hospital. Mm-hmm. Um there's a lot of stuff going on in that one uh that I'm that I it's probably probably worth talking about, but I I haven't watched that one either. Hmm. I'm very behind on everything. Mm-hmm. I'm so behind on everything, Lara. <laughs> and so you behind. complain about me being behind on things. I know, I know, I know. Ugh. Um but since I've been back, uh, I've been trying to catch up on some things, and and I did. I, I was finally um, here when when Coco came out, so I got to see that. So I definitely want to talk a little bit about that. So from here on out, it's um. So it's right, we, so for the last this episode and the previous two, we've been catching up. So on episode one eleven, we did Thor Ragnarok. One twelve, we did Justice League, and but Coco is much more uh, recent. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, I definitely want to talk about it. so full full spoilers for Coco and uh, if you're if you're if you're cutting out now the um, check out the other catch ups and then come back when when you watch Coco. Mm-hmm. All right, so 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 what did you think of Coco? It was adorable and sweet, and you were right when you warned me to bring tissues. <laughs> Although I did not cry as much with Coco as I have for other Disney and Pixar movies, um, you told me it's because I'm heartless and racist. <laughs> but it sounds uh, like something I would say, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um I thought it was really sweet and yeah, I don't know. It's so good. 
So, so we did a whole episode on Raina Telgemeier's ghosts. Exactly. This is very much like I, I was thinking about that that book the whole time. There were some themes that are that are very present in ghosts that's not present in this, um, but but a lot of learning about your family history. I mean, in this in Coco, the 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 main character Miguel he um, he knows about his Mexican culture and that kind of thing. But family history and stuff, other than his family loves to make shoes, he, he, there's this whole piece that's missing. And in Ghosts, they're still trying to figure out and connect with um, De, De Los Muertos and their and their Mexican culture and what their grandmother used to do. So there's some differences, right? But the overall theme of celebrating family um, and and celebrating where you come from. And, and the people who came before you uh, is is there, I think. A phrase that I've I've used a lot this year now uh, of death positivity, right? Mm-hmm. Of how we can talk about death in a, in a positive way, right? Mm-hmm. We don't have to. It, it shouldn't be taboo, and and let's let's have a conversation. And and I think this definitely falls in line with that, right? The mm-hmm. whole movie is about death and. And how it affects us, and and what we leave behind, and and if we're remembered, and and I don't know, it, it's it's the conversations that you can have around death with this movie, which I think we talked about this when we talked about ghosts, which is that just some cultures are way more open about talking about this sort of thing than others, mm-hmm. and yeah, I think I think it was it was it's great for that for that reason too, and and yeah, this is Pixar's first like non-white. Uh, I have never seen right? so many accents over letters in the credits <laughs> in my life. I yeah. I just we watched we sat thinking maybe there was going to be I mean usually we sit through the credits anyway um but you know thinking there might be something at the end of the credits but looking through I was like I love this they actually did their research um and tried to do the best they could in representing this culture. And all the actors are Hispanic, mm-hmm. right? There's, oh, yeah. I mean, that was that, like that means a lot to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And like, like I remember, like when Rogue One came out, I told you it was the first time where I really don't think about it much. But when I saw um, Diego Luna was going to be in Rogue One, I was like, whoa! Like that's the first time I've seen someone with a weird name like mine, you know, a Spanish yeah. name that is in something that I care so much about. Like, mm-hmm. like I don't, I don't care that there's Hispanic people in telenovelas or in like a sitcom or something like, Oh, but, but in star Wars now, now this means something to me. Now that's special. <laughs> and, yeah. and this movie, I don't know. I thought it was amazing. And then it's, it's so cool to have all these voices that, that I recognize from other things and who I know are, are prominent um, actors in Spanish movies. Mm-hmm. Spanish language movies and to have them like that, but just have the theme be Mexican, right? Um, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not Mexican and, and I know very little about Mexican culture, but it was so cool to see something different. And again, I know so many uh, Mexican people around the world, not just, not just Mexican Americans or, or Mexicans in America. Mm-hmm. It means a lot to them to have that representation. Some of my friends, um, we're talking about how they knew it was authentic and because grandma had La Chancla <laughs> and was chasing the kid. Yeah. She whipped and that thing around her finger a... like, yeah, mm-hmm. it was crazy. Mm-hmm. And threw it at the mariachi. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. 
Um, so, so some of the things that, um, oh, actually, one more point on that. Uh, I downloaded this soundtrack, mm-hmm. and the soundtrack had 53 tracks. Wow. It's like, how is this possible? So only the first 13 are from the, the movie that I saw in theaters, which mm-hmm. is the English version. Mm-hmm. And so, so something that, um, I don't know, I don't know how people realize this. This is also, I still want to do a Disney podcast, but you know, <laughs> I just want to keep putting that out there. So, so, but every Disney movie gets translated into tons of different languages and mm-hmm. they hire local talent, right? To do the Spanish versions and they'll re-record the songs in different languages. And so I've seen many Disney movies throughout my life in Spanish, I know and, you were very excited about the Spanish version of Moana. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed that soundtrack because I was I was very curious about what it it sounded like. So I downloaded the the soundtrack in Spanish. And I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, that that like the the words that they used right were very. It just it kind of changed the meaning a little bit uh, personally for me um, when they were talking about islands and things like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Did I tell you about what happened to me recently? Anyway, so. <laughs> Uh, the the <laughs> the Coco soundtrack has fifty three tracks. The first thirteen are from the movie, and three of those tracks are "Remember Me," different mm-hmm. versions of "Remember Me" from the movie. And then, and there are several versions of that in the movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so it's yeah, it's like the original one uh, from. Th- Actually, there may be four in the movie, including mm-hmm. the one during the credits. So I think all of those yeah. are in the first soundtrack. And then there are other renditions of the song from. Spanish language actors, um, Spanish, Spanish singers, Spanish oh, wow. language singers. Yeah, there's various versions of it. And I think that it, yeah, I'm not sure. I haven't gone through the whole thing, but there's like many, many versions of it. There's there's of, of Remember Me. And I believe it's the Spanish soundtrack that starts playing afterwards. And I don't know if the actors who played in English also played the voices in Spanish. I'm guessing that they did. Mm-hmm. And I would love to see this movie in Spanish. Just to see, because it'll be one of the first times when it's the same language. I mean, I mean, it's the same uh, voices. Mm-hmm. Because I, I, I hated watching a, a dub movie when I was a kid. Because voices after you saw it one different. way, the inflections are voice. very different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The characters just aren't the same. But this, they, they, they may be exactly the same. I'm very curious. So I'm, I'm going to check that out. Remember me is a great song, and mm-hmm. uh, my my grandmother died in January of this year and she had Alzheimer's Mm -hmm. and so Coco in the movie right which is Miguel's great-grandmother yeah the great-grandmother she is having trouble remembering things right which is like the theme of the of the the story Mm -hmm. Hector Hector is about to nobody's gonna remember him because she's the only one that that remembers yeah and Coco's memory is fading and when Miguel plays a song for her at the end and sings it for her. All of a sudden she wakes up, right? I lost it. So mm-hmm. so there's one of the first episodes of Geek Therapy ever. This must have been like six years ago. Was it's I looked it up. It's episode number eight. There's this <laughs> there's this Yeah, yeah, I mean that's a long time ago. Mm-hmm. We're on one thirteen now. That was episode mm-hmm. number eight. There's this um organization called Music and Memory. And what they what they do is that, or they used to do, is collect um, old iPods mm-hmm. and then fill them with music from from when these people were younger, and they would take it to older people who were dealing with dementia. Mm-hmm. And they did this whole documentary where you would see when they started playing music from their childhood, from their youth, 
they would wake up. They were they were like they were like catatonic and all of a sudden they would wake up and they'd start talking and it would trigger their memories. Mm-hmm. So the social worker started this this um this nonprofit to to bring music to older people to help them. And I just I couldn't stop thinking about it during during the movie. It was like like the movie was an ad for this organization called Music and Memory. And again, between my grandmother and that and like knowing those stories and knowing the effect that that, um, mm-hmm. that music can have and like the whole theme in the, in, of, of, the, of Miguel's family is that they hate music, right? right. No music in the house <laughs> at mm-hmm. all. And to see, to see all that come together at the end, I don't know, this movie meant a lot to me and made me think about a lot of things. Again, I'm not of Mexican descent, and I, I still know very little about Mexican culture, but it was still cool to see, to have some connection there. And then also to like be able to understand all the Spanish words. And I don't know, it was, I thought, I thought it was a beautiful movie, like visually and just like in general, mm-hmm. I thought it was, I thought it was amazing. I freaking loved it. I didn't cry as much as in Toy Story, but, but I cried yeah. a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh man, that's, whew. what a film. It was what a film. It was beautiful. <laughs> I'm so glad we're all I, caught up now. Kind I, of. You're you're good now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We're pretty much all caught up. I think. <laughs> There's probably stuff. Yeah, yeah. A lot so, happens in in that kind of time. A yes, yeah, it does. So so here's my plan. We we don't get back together until um, Last Jedi. Last Jedi. That's only two weeks. I know. Oh. It's less oh. than two weeks. I know. I know. Well, maybe, Do you maybe have we your can tickets for opening night? I don't have them yet because I don't know if I told you about what I just went through for the past two months, but I had mm. no idea where I would be. Oh, yeah. On opening day. And until a few days ago, I had no idea where I would be. You better try and find <laughs> some tickets for somewhere. Yeah. So I am, I am on that. I will watch... I will, I will go I'll whenever I I'll be sitting in line probably four hours before the movie starts. What? Don't you? What about reserve seating? Not at the theater. We when I went to get tickets on the day the tickets came out, our reserve seating theater only had two seats to get. We were having a group of four people, only two oh. seats, and they were like in the front row, all the way mm. on the sides, separate. I so see. we're going to another theater that I will sit in line for four hours. And someone will, one of my friends will bring me drinks because there's a bar (laughs) and we will have fun and probably play the switch in line. Oh, that's a good idea. That's Mm -hmm. a very good idea. Mm -hmm. I like this plan, Lara. It's a good plan. It's a very cool plan. It is a good plan. Very cool plan. Are you you dressing up? I don't know. Last time I did a Darth Vader onesie and my wife and my friend had uh, Stormtrooper onesies. I don't okay. know what's going to happen this year, but okay, okay, we shall see. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if we'll be back next week. I'm not sure, but at least we'll definitely be back for for uh, Last Jedi. And yeah, I'll try to sure. see it as soon as possible so we can record as soon as possible. Oh yeah, <gasps> that way it's all fresh in our minds and we're excited. Yep. Because last time we watched the Star Wars, mo- well, Rogue One, it wasn't that bad. But when we watched Force Awakens, you were not happy about it after. I was. I was not well. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully this one. Uh, 
Did I tell you I did not want to see the last trailer that came out for it? Neither so, did I. So <sighs> during Thor Ragnarok, I was like, like plugging my ears and and making like and and closing my eyes so I didn't have to listen. No, but now they're on TV too, and like the moment it starts, that you start to ah, it's. Just, by the time you TV. look away, you've already seen stuff. Oh, I know. It's, it's rough. I know. I know. I know. All right. So so we'll be back very soon. Last uh, Jedi. Last Jedi. <laughs> oh, man. And uh, yeah, so that's it for this episode of Geek Therapy. Check us out at geektherapy.com. Sign up for our mailing list. Check us out on Twitter. Check us out on Facebook. Uh, we're at Geek Therapy everywhere. And yeah. Tell people about us, um, share your stories with us. And if you want to help us out, you can, besides just sharing and reviewing, you can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash geektherapy, where we have five tiers, Lara, five, five, five tiers. Okay. With different, with different, uh, levels. And, you know, even $1 helps us tremendously like when people say that you hear people say like one dollar is helpful it is actually super helpful yeah no that means you can keep the domain (laughs) yeah 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 it's also it's also super helpful in that like like emotionally i know know. validation it's super validating you have Mm -hmm. no idea so like it's like when you were a kid, like a non or an uncle or a grandparent gave you a dollar. You were like, what is this? What am I going to do with a dollar? Now that I'm a grown man and a dollar You're is like, worth way less dollar. than it was. I'm like, you gave me a dollar for doing this? Like you have no idea. Like you just made my week. It is it is very, very good, that one dollar. <laughs> <laughs> it's what it represents. <laughs> you love right. us. Oh, man. Okay, so that's it. Well, I'll catch you next time. You've just listened to Geek Therapy on the Geek Therapy Podcast Network. For more about Geek Therapy and our other podcasts, visit geektherapy.com.